Welcome back, everyone, to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. First show of 2020, and usually we would be live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but due to travel and the Horizon League schedule, as you're listening to this, we're either uh, arriving on our way to or very close to Youngstown, Ohio. He's a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us, and coach, you know, as... Actually, as actually you know, I think we're probably sitting in Buca de Peppas or however, whatever that's been, because I think our... Sarah said our reservation was like at 6.30 or 7. So we're probably all sitting eating Italian food in Buca. Pasta and, and chicken and whatnot right now, right? Yeah, I think the go-to will be the chicken with the meatballs and the... I did ask her to put some broccoli out there this time because I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to. Well, you want to be healthy. Well, no, I'm trying to lose weight. So, right. You know, I, that Christmas sweater I wore was a little bit tight. <laughs> I don't know. I read, I read somewhere that the average American gains uh, between, uh, you know, Thanksgiving or not Thanksgiving, Halloween through New Year's, the average American gains like 22 pounds. So. Are you serious? Yeah, we never want to be average. We always want to be better than (laughs) average. I was trying to get it up to 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Coach, there you go. Actually, I I gained 12 pounds in that time, and it's time to lose that. So I think if I had broccoli... That would do it, wouldn't it? I, I would agree, especially with all the parm cheese that they that they put on it there. Right. But hey, man, I see you working, Coach. Right. I, I'm, I am a big broccoli fan at the at the Buca de Peppo. It is good. They it, put little red pepper flakes on it. Yeah, and yeah, it's pretty good. It, it is pretty good, but that's always a staple on the Eastern Ohio trip, Youngstown. Salad's not as good as uh, Olive Garden. No. It's good. They it's good. Two it, different types. Yeah, but the salad at to me, the Olive Garden salad is the best. It is, it is pretty high up there. I try to stay away from the breadsticks when we're at Olive Garden. Yeah. Actually, the best salad. I know we've we've been losing, so we got to talk about something besides basketball. <laughs> salad power here. rankings. Right. Uh, hashtag but Ask Campy. My favorite salad of any place would be the Anapasta salad at Buddy's. Oh, that is strong. That, I mean, that is strong that, in the power rankings. You can't beat that. I mean, that's, they have a really good tortilla soup there too. Yeah, they do, and it's not on the menu. No, you got you have to. You have to know it, and you have to go. I've never figured that one out. But yeah, you've got to know about it and go in and order it. But the antipasto salad at Buddy's is probably number one. Yeah, it's funny because when I roll into Buddy's, like pizza's like maybe like the third thing that I that I would go to on the menu. You talked about the salad, the tortilla soups on there. Right. Strong sandwich game in, in there as well. Yeah, the the. If you're having a group of people over for thirty bucks, you can get this the biggest antipasto salad. I mean, I think it's thirty or thirty-two bucks, the family style. Yeah, and it'll feed fifteen people. It's just unbelievable. Sometimes it'll just feed you though. If I mean, if you well, just don't put the dressing on it, you know, if you put the dressing on it, then it won't be any good the next day. But if you just put a little bit on and just eat it, like or just that, put the dressing on as you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, and then you know that the salami and that. The cheese is is uh, I can't think of the name of the cheese. It's it's not a brick a brick cheese. It's a brick cheese. Yeah, it's really good. So, salad power rankings hashtag Ask Campy. Give me your top three. Well, two for, four eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now nah, maybe we can do that after uh, after the season's over. Maybe they'll give us a show here where we can talk about food. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll hit up the uh, the the people about that. But uh, as always, take your questions with the hashtag Ask Campy. We have some we'll get to a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but coach, you, you talked about it. Uh, it's been a while since we've been here on the airways. The first show of 2020 Horizon League play got off to a good start. Win over Detroit Mercy. Uh, then Wright State, Northern Kentucky came to town, and, and things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. No, it's 
and you know, we're, we're we're searching right now to be honest with you Neil uh, um, I was really really pleased with you know how we responded after the Christmas break to Detroit you know it's being such an important game I thought we the first half of Detroit's our best half of the year uh, both on on both sides of the ball free throw shooting all that kind of stuff and then from the second half on we've not been very good and just call it what it is I mean right we gave up 43 points um, in the second half to Detroit uh, even though we did a really nice job in, on Antoine Davis they, they really battered us on the boards which you know going in going in the league play we were we had the best field goal percent defense of any team I've ever coached we had a leading the league in rebound margin I think we were point four point five rebounds again a a game positive, you know, the plus side. And <laughs> excuse me. We we played a hell of a schedule. You know, it's not like that we padded our stats uh like some teams do. I mean there there's and I'm not criticizing those teams, they're strategies, you know, there's there's guys that'll play the weakest schedule they can play. They want the positive, you know, we beat this team this we have these stats this guy's doing this we're out rebounding our opponents by 30 where you know where you have this positive flow around you i'm not i'm not a buyer on that strategy because then you go play somebody good and you get your butt kicked um then there's the strategy of you know just playing a good solid schedule and then there's a strategy of over scheduling and you know i i'm i lean towards the over scheduling i i and there's some, a multitude of factors that go yeah. into that, too. I mean, 300-plus teams, there's 250 different reasons for the schedules. Well, a lot of the reasons schedules is just getting somebody to say yes. I mean, you know. Sure. I mean, there were. Like a prom date, Coach. Yeah, right? there were yeah. some girls I wanted to date, you know, that I couldn't get to say yes. Well, that's kind of the same thing. So, um, that, uh, anyway, so we had these numbers against, I mean, Maryland's a top. You know, in my opinion, Maryland's a top-five team in the country. I think Michigan State's going to prove to be a top-five team in the country when it's over. Um, Syracuse is Syracuse playing in the Dome. You know, um, that tournament we played in uh, Southern Illinois, you know, they, they, Southern Illinois beat Valpo last night. I mean, this is Missouri Valley team, Texas San Antonio, a Conference USA team. Um, Delaware, who's like 13-3. and three. I mean, we've played a really, really good schedule going in the league play, and our numbers, our numbers were off the charts. And the first half at Detroit, same thing. And then defensively, since the first half at Detroit, we've been awful. And we've been shredded. We gave up 96 at home. And then we guarded Northern Kentucky pretty well for a while, but down the stretch, uh, they just spread us out and drove us, and, and we had no answer to it. They killed us in the at eight or nine offensive rebounds in the first half. And, uh, you know, we're a team that we felt to win in the conference. We're going to have to hang our hat on the defensive end. And in our own arena, that got killed. But I do think I know what had, what part of it was. And uh, 
I guess we'll find out tomorrow night if I'm right or not. Yeah, absolutely. Youngstown State and Cleveland State, the little Eastern Ohio trip. This is the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. He's the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us. And, and, Coach, what about that, too? Because if you look at what happened, especially in that Wright State game, that I didn't recognize that team on the floor based on what you had just talked about, the, the whole buildup and everything. And you and I had these discussions, and I've, I've talked to people on radio shows and interviews and all that type of stuff and said, you know, defensively, this Oakland team is is rarefied air of, of anything that I've seen in almost 10 years being around the program. I mean, right. this, this was a total 180 from what we've seen. What 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 changed, especially in that in that first half of the Wright State game? Well, we made the decision. We made the decision going into the Detroit game that okay, we've gotten through the the non-league against this type of schedule, and we can't score well enough. And so one of the things that we were doing in the non-league schedule is. We were walking the ball up the floor. We were grinding out every possession. And we decided to change that and try and play the defense we've been playing, but push the ball. And so we did that against Detroit, and we, you know, Detroit tried to press us. We, ha we handled the press really well, which was a surprise to me. We got a lot of open shots. We made them. Uh, Xavier was tough inside. Lampman made four threes. We got 46 points in the first half. They've still got 26, and, hey, this worked. And then the second half got a little sloppy, but you're not going to, you know, in a, in a rivalry game. 40 perfect minutes, in, a, yeah. in a rivalry game, that's going to happen. So I, I kind of pushed that to the side. And then the, the Wright State game comes, and everybody's excited, and it starts out, and it's 18 to 7, 19 to 18, 10 minutes into the game, which is this all year, no games, you know what I mean? And they're scoring every possession. We're scoring every possession. And, and it looked a little bit like teams of old. Uh, and then we stopped scoring. And they didn't. And I think that this idea that we're going to – we had four straight turnovers where we were trying to push the ball and just threw it away. I mean, we just flat out threw it away. Right. Uh, threw it out of bounds, threw a bounce pass, entry pass that got stolen for a dunk, and all of a sudden they go 9-0. And what happened – is that when you grind it out, every possession's important. And when you play fast, you can get away with loose possessions, both teams. And we let Nor we let uh, Wright State get away with some loose possessions. And that they got going and that I've been here a long time and I can name three games maybe in this building where teams came in here and played like that against us uh, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen and it all started when the kid with one second on the shot clock banked in a 35 footer with somebody laying all over him and Cole Gentry then comes down and banks one and they banked three shots in in the first half they just had it going okay we should have been good enough defensively to, to, to fight that battle get that at halftime at 14 or 16 or 12 not 20 and we I felt in the locker room our players didn't think we had a chance you know in the second half I didn't hear what I wanted to hear I didn't see what I wanted to see and I think a young team that got shell shocked just got punched in the nose I don't think we handled it well and I don't think our two veteran seniors did a good enough job um, as we've talked about it 
we came back, and I thought it was going to be really hard to come back against Northern Kentucky, and I think we did, and I think we were fine. And then an 11-0 run, you know, we got we had a two-point lead with about seven minutes to go. We had the ball, we ran a play, and we got an uncontested wide-open shot, a three that would have put us up five, and we missed it, and we went down and fouled Sharp. And Sharp couldn't couldn't get a basket in the game, but he got two free throws to get going, and all of a sudden they, they tied it, and they go on an 11-0 run, and it's over. And we don't have the firepower to come back from 11 in five minutes. So um, we have to step back from it, Neil, and we have to look. we got to guard. And if we're going to have any chance at all, we got to guard. We cannot give up 96 points. We cannot give up 40 and a half. You know, our, our half, a bad half for us has to be 32 or 33. And do, you, we, do you do that offensively, though? I mean, do, again, do you, do you maybe go back to that at the beginning of the season where it's tough to have a 40-point half if you don't get the appropriate number of possessions? Well, you're going to have to be very uh, efficient. And you're going to have to make shots, and we can't or we don't. And so f- the chance to win over time for us is 58 to 52. The chance to win in the 70s and 80s is not going to be there. We just don't we're not efficient enough offensively. Now, now on, on the game Xavier and Brad go 11 for 13. Yeah, but we we're shooting the three ball in the 20s. We're, we've played 16 games. That's not going to change. You are what you are, right? right. That's not going to change. I mean, there's a couple of young guys that are going to shoot it better, but there's a reason they're not shooting it that well, and one is probably, you know, tenseness, uh, trying to find their way in Division One basketball. I mean, Kevin Kangu in the preseason was a tremendous shooter. We chart every shot they take, and he shot better than anybody. And he's just really struggling to find a shot, you know, and, and maybe he'll find it. But I think after 16 games, you know, we probably are who we are. So this weekend was a, a punch in the face. Um, very disappointed. You know, it's 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 part of the growing process, though. And, you know, you know where I, you know, I, I kind of got myself in a little trouble with this in a statement I made at the press conference when we, you know, opening press conference before the first game. I would still make it because I owe that to our two seniors. But we said we got a, we got two of the best, you know, bigs in the league and we need to compete for the championship. And I said that because I want our young guys to understand that we're here. This is Oakland. We're here to compete. Right. And rebuilding's not check the resume. Right. That's why my phrase: yeah. check the resume. Yeah. Re- rebuilding is not in our. You know, we're here. We're here to compete every year, and we're going to do that this year. And I owe it to those two seniors. And what we have, it's it's hard. What I'm finding out, and this is new to me, to have ten new players, to have, you know, a roster of three guys that had played. Um, guys in the program even though if you had got like the year before we had a huge rebuild but we had players that played players that had been in the, in the program that had developed uh javen cumberland was you know i mean he had an unbelievable year but he had been here for three years xavier brat you know this year we don't have that and what i'm finding is that it's hard to develop players and win you know i mean our i think our 
one of the strengths of our program over the years is that we develop players that you know we there aren't a lot of we don't get a lot of freshmen all freshmen freshmen of the year all you know Kay Felder was obviously a pro he was the freshman of the year uh, Jalen Hayes could have been freshman of the year but I think Paris Bass got it but Jalen was a redshirt freshman Travis Bader had a really good freshman year but he was a redshirt freshman right it's a year uh, in the program right. so yeah. we we were able to you know to develop and grow and build this year we can't do that um the way we have in the past because we got to grow and play and the growing pains maybe the way I coach maybe the things we do um they that works a lot better when you've got a good player in front of the kid and you can you know teach him what the bench means and teach him you know those sure. types of things and right now, you know, we're, we're, we really can't do that. We're, I mean, it's unbelievable that I'm playing 12 guys in a game. You know, there's games we've played 13, and that's that's never happened here before. And we're we're trying to develop them. We're or we're searching for someone. Uh, I I know there's some questions about the point guard play. We'll talk about later, but this really kind of goes to that. We're searching, and and trying to win games while we're trying to teach and develop and that's a really hard thing to do i'm finding that out right, right. firsthand right. right now i'm finding that out it's <coughs> excuse me this this weekend was really really uh, a bad weekend and uh, a very disappointing weekend but if you step back from it and you take the emotion out of it and you take the the work and the sweat and all the things that you know your kids are doing and that your staff is doing and that it's not surprising it's not surprising. well i mean and coach through all this too and i talked about this during the broadcast with with dan waterstrand i mean through all that too what was the right state game a, a debacle yeah i mean you know did did the horses get out of the barn yeah they did but when you boil it all down you you were still five minutes away from being two and one in, in horizon league play and that that northern kentucky game is the one coach that if if you're able to get that game, there's a whole different perception as to what's going on. That Red State game becomes a one-off, and you're two and one uh, sitting near the top of the table in the Horizon League. And I think one of the things that you step back and look at it is we're one and two, and we're the only team in the league that's played three home games. Right. Um, and usually with young, inexperienced teams, I mean, I had a really young team a few years ago. We finished third in the league. I think it was our second year in the Horizon League. Um, and we went undefeated at home, beat everybody in the league, Valpo everybody by one or two points. It was didn't matter. We beat uh, might have been UIC, the worst team in the league, on a Duke Monday three buzzer at the beater, buzzer. Right. right. We just we won every home game, and they were all close. And young teams, you, that's what you you try and do, and then you know you know you're going to struggle on the road. Um, so this next four games, I think, and I think that's the, some of the some of this is fear. You know, I mean, what's a young team if you can't win at home? What are they going to do on the road? So these four games, I think, are going to have a real say in where we finish. You know, I mean, if we go and get zero out of four, or one out of four of these road games, you know, we're looking at two and six start or something like that, or one and six start. Um, you know the the psyche and everything of the team uh, could be trouble. So we've got to find a way to compete on this road trip, and th I think that's what the fear is with everybody right now. 
I don't think our players have that fear. I mean, I think they they understand that we're teaching them that this is a process. Trust it. You know, we're going to get better. We're going to grow. You're going to make start making shots the more comfortable you get. Um, and we have two great post players that we can go on the road and get foul, get to the foul line and get baskets. And if we get back to guarding the way we guarded for the first 14 games, then we're going to be able to go win on the road. You know, cause, because the one thing that, you know, offensively, when you're an offensive team and you, and you get on the road and you're in a, a, an, a, an environment that is, you know, you're not used to, a bad shooting environment, something like that, that's when a struggle can occur. But when you're a defensive team, you should be able to guard every game. You know, Defense travels, right, Coach? That's what they say. It didn't travel against Wright State, though. The only thing <laughs> traveling was our point guard. <laughs> All right, Coach, we'll take our first break. The segment went a little bit long. When we come back, we'll get to the questions on Twitter. Uh, also, the, the college football national championships coming up on Monday, too, a little bit later on in the, uh, in the show. Uh, I want to get your take on that and everything that's going on. I know you're a big college football guy when you get a chance. So we'll do all that and more. You're listening to The Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. One. Welcome back to The Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. But due to travel, we are en route to Youngstown, Ohio, as you listen to this. And, of course, Thursday night, 7 o'clock on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network, the Golden Grizzlies and Youngstown State, 3 o'clock Saturday in Cleveland, the 216, uh, as, as they call it there, uh, will also be with you on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us, wherever you may be listening on WDFN and the iHeartRadio app. And uh, we got your questions coming in on Twitter, and a little bit lighter uh, Twitter question load. Coach, you, you talked about the fact uh, that the holiday break came, and, and we've been out of action here for like three weeks or something like that. But, um, you know, anytime you have a question that pops in your mind, just fire it off on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy, and, and we get to those. And Gary Gilbert, Coach, uh, has a couple of questions for you. We'll break these up uh, as we go. But, Coach, uh, you touched on this a little bit. Coach, can you talk about the ongoing search for the answer at point guard as we move deeper into Horizon League play? Yeah, I, I, again, it's, it's – search probably isn't the right word. I mean, we have four guys – and then we played uh, Trey Maddox a lot at the point in the Northern Kentucky game. But you have to understand, Northern Kentucky was playing a zone, a matchup zone that, you know, against a zone, you have to have concept. You, you play with concepts. There are some quick hitters and set plays. And we ran them and, and got some easy baskets. Um, but the the – it's really a concept thing and and having size at the point is always usually pretty good because you can throw over the top of the zone and that so we can play Trey there I don't really think that playing Trey at the point versus man-to-man -man is the best option now if things continue to not improve then it's something we'd have to try as we get closer to tournament time because it doesn't matter at tournament time you got to play your best players and figure out the best way to win um but for our development as a team you know trey trey's an interesting player in that um i know we're getting off the question but while i'm on this trey is um if we put him at the point we're going to hurt his development as a player and you got to remember this that trey last year 
uh, had a pretty good freshman year. Once Jordan Nobles was wasn't with us anymore, Trey became the starting three. He was the fifth option, and when he played well and had games that he made shots, that really made us a good basketball team. Those were when we were at our best. When he was the, as the fifth option, as you saw with Wright State, they had five guys that could score the ball. Well, as Trey got better as a freshman, we had five guys last year out there that could score the ball. So if we hadn't lost what we lost in the postseason, Trey would be our fifth option this year again, and maybe as he developed, he would pass some of those guys. All right. This year, he's become really, as much as we want Xavier to get the basketball, Trey's really become our first option because our point guard play and our offense has struggled to consistently get the ball to X and to Brad in the right spots. We can get it to X, but not in the right spots. And so Trey now has been thrust because of circumstances from the guy that was somebody that we thought that as a fifth scorer was, would get the fifth best defender guarding him, would get, you know, could really make our team special, is now a guy that we've got to force feed into. And he's not, there's no way he's ready for that role. And, you know, he, he made some big plays against Northern Kentucky, uh, got to the rim, but he's still in a learning process. And your alpha dog, it's got to be a guy that's not in a learning. If you're going to win games, your alpha dog can't be in a learning process. Right. He's got to be in his you know, role. I mean, right. Yeah. He's got to be the guy that just goes get you. You know. I mean, you shouldn't have a 10-0 run in the last three minutes of a game because your your dog is getting you baskets and, he, and he's getting them by an offensive rebound. He's getting to the free throw line by any means necessary. Right. He's right. Make, we're making a play defensively and getting out and getting in transition and you get a and that's how you win. And uh, um, you know, so that's that's the struggle for Trey right now. And it, we've kind of put him in an unfair position. I think he's doing a pretty darn good job. I think he's getting better. He's improving. Maybe in the long run this is, will end up being good for him that, that he got thrust into this role. But the truth of the matter is it's not good for us right now. I mean, he, we've got to do a better job of getting the ball to X. We've got to do a better job of getting the ball to Brad consistently throughout the game. And in the right spot. Yes. And and what's happened in most of our games, Neil, is that we play really good first halves because no matter what your scouting report is, trying to guard Xavier Hill Mays and Brad Brechting at the same time is not an easy thing. And so games start and those guys score and we you know, and then all of a sudden why didn't you throw it to him in the second half like you did in the first half? Well, in the second half, there's three guys standing there. They took that we, away, right? We, we threw the ball into Xavier against Northern Kentucky when it was 55-50, I think. And there were four guys on him. And he's, you know, he's a little frustrated. He got it. He hadn't been able to get it against that zone for a while. He Then he missed a couple easy shots. And now he's going to put his head down trying to win game for us. And he's not quite sure he wants to kick it out to the guy for the three because we hadn't been, you know, we're, we're twenty two, two for sixteen. I yeah, mean, yeah. And, but that's a difference. So that when, was that. Di- you know, we were seven to twenty-eight or something in that game because it was zone. We had to shoot more. Right. But you're exactly right. 
I mean, but that's the difference with the Detroit game. When you, you come out and you shoot 45% from three, 40% from three. Right. He kicked it out. We made him. Everybody eats. Games. Right. We kick it out. We make them. Now they got to come out and guard. And in that game, there, there were four guys on. And so, you know, we've, we've just got to find a way, and we're working on it. But the biggest thing is that we can't give up 96 points. We can't give up 70. What did Northern Kentucky have 76, 74? Yeah. You know, and, and that's the facts. That, that's, that's what we've got to do. Does that mean we can't win? No, it doesn't mean we can't win. It's just we've got to win a different way. And we've got to stay true to the process, and uh, and and believe in that. And we got it. We got to understand that, you know, as we get farther into the season, some one or two guys have got to step forward. Now, after all that, let's answer that question. Okay. <laughs> well, Gary, Gary followed up to say you had great success in, in 16 and 17, which shifting Sharon Dorsey Walker to the point guard spot, and that obviously resulted in a, in a Horizon League championship during the regular season but I mean do you do you see any Trey Trey is not Sharon right and that's what this long answer I just gave with Sharon was a fifth year senior who had played gave himself to the team we had we had guys that could shoot around him so that he could you know you have Martez Walker around him um you had Jalen Hayes inside you had you had guys around him that could make shots and Sharon could make shots so it's it's apples and oranges. I mean, you, maybe it, when Trey's in his you know senior year, if something like this happened, I would think he could handle a lot better, and I'd be more interested in trying. I'm more interested in Trey's development for the future, and that he can become the best you know player that he's capable of becoming, which I think we're good at doing here. Um, as far as the other kids, you know, Kangu's a guy that. Uh, over time has has won the battle through practice he was on the all-tournament team in florida he showed signs and now he's struggling and i mean he's really really struggling and we've just got to keep him positive we've got to make it easier for him by you know really cleaning up the packages so that there aren't so many things for him to think about and uh and uh, you know as as we go into Youngstown tomorrow he's still going to start there and and you know they're they're a man-to-man team they're a pressure team tomorrow could really be something because we're going to get pressed high pressure press for 40 minutes and we haven't seen that with yeah. a very good backcourt you're going against as With well, yeah. Not, one not, of the best. I, I think they're one of the best teams yeah. in the league. I mean, as I, as I watch them, I, I think Youngstown could finish second. I really do. I, I wouldn't – if this thing ends and Youngstown's in the two seed, I would not be surprised. Right. Um, and they're going to – they're going to – ooh, we're going to see how we handle pressure. In our preparation so far in practice, we haven't handled it very well. <laughs> and – and the, our scout team's not Youngstown. The pressure that Youngstown sure. can put versus the pressure that our scout team can put, and we're, we're not handling it very well. So, you know, we're gonna we're 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 recording this right before our Wednesday practice, and we leave, and we're gonna spend a lot of time today on that press. Uh, um, but anyways, so I look at it, and and since our last radio show, I'm shocked that there aren't Zach Goodline questions today because. You know, we brought Zach out of a red shirt because 
our our the other two point guards. It's been a real struggle for them. Uh, it's been a real struggle in practice. It's been a real struggle in games. And uh, you know, I, I at at some point, if Kangoo can't do it, then one of those other three guys are just going to be okay. I know, you know, it's been a struggle for you, but we're going to let you try and see if you can get through the struggle. You know, um, the the we have we've had some some not very good practices with some of our point guards who have you know, and again from form maybe it's a you know there, there's a lot of pressure out there there's trying to prove themselves they're not comfortable they're whatever it is the the biggest problem is the turnovers you know the you, you just we make so many entry pass turnovers that lead to runouts uh, that it's going it's hard to win and, and that's why I'm really interested in seeing what happens tomorrow night against Youngstown with that kind of pressure because you know what if we have a really good game and beat that pressure and and get some easy baskets maybe we'll understand that we can do this you know maybe we'll it'll really lead into confidence and and feel better about ourselves and also change the way people guard you too i mean you yeah. know if if you have success that that changes the uh that changes the narrative there's yeah. there's no question about that so while it's a scary look tomorrow night um it's also the one that could change our season for us if we could handle that pressure and so i'm excited about the chance for them to go out and compete against that and see how we handle it you surprised by i mean i know you're not surprised i'm not surprised but Wright State, the depth that they have, and we knew we knew about the depth that they had scoring-wise. I mean, they go five across that, that can really score the basketball. Watching that team, they look a lot to – that's the closest I've seen to the Oakland team of the, of the Summit League days, the, the NCAA, back-to-back NCAA tournament teams, in that there are people on the floor at all times that can hurt you. Were, were, were you surprised how good they were? No, not not at all. The difference between those teams we had and and their team is that they don't have the size that we have. Right. You know, Loudon loves a load, but he's still six eight or six nine. Right. We were six eleven, six ten, and we just dominated the glass and we dominated defensively because Benson stood in front of the rim and I. I <laughs> I remember watching guards drive in there and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when they did try, yeah, they, they didn't just, end well. They just, yeah, ended up getting blocked, but they would drive in there and just dribble around for a while and drive right back out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Wright State's lost some really good players in the transfer portal. Yes, I have. And that, for them to have the kind of depth they have, um, Scott's done a heck of a job, man. He's he's recruited some really good players because he, I mean, they had a kid that last year their sixth man left, and you would think that would have hurt him. And their seventh man only played till Christmas this year, and then he went in the transfer portal. How how you play six games and go into the transfer portal? I still don't understand that one. But um, he's got guys that you know. He's got a kid named James Mann in there that's playing really well. He's been with him three years and. I never even heard of the kid. Yeah, you know, this is third year in the program, and I never heard of the kid. And he's playing well, and I think it goes to that. You know, those Gentry is so good. The point guard is so good, and 
Wampler the Transfer is so good and Loudon Love is so good that you, you kind of forget about the other guys. Holton has turned out to be a tremendous freshman. He, he, there's two unbelievable freshmen in our league this year, Holton at, at Wright State and the kid at Green Bay, Amari Davis. Those two guys are fantastic, fantastic players. It's great to see that level of player in the league. I'd prefer to see him on Oakland's team. <laughs> sure. But they, it's it's good to see that kind of talent. So basically you've got Love, you've got um, Wampler, and you've got uh, Gentry who are first-team all-league level players. And then the, this kid that redshirted last year that's a big – they had a graduate transfer that got injured and hasn't played a 6'10 kid. And then the graduate transfer from Northwestern killed us. Ash just killed us. And, you know, so they're they're very talented. They're, they're since we've been in the league, you know, I think that they're, that Valpo team that, that won the NIT or got to the national uh, NIT national championship game, I think, uh, that and this team are probably two best teams that, that I've seen in the league. And, that, and that's why I brought it up. I mean, I obviously I knew the story going in with them, but you know how it works in, in this life. You you just you deal with the next game as it comes up, and then you go on to the next game. And, and I had really gotten a, a great in-depth look at them, and I, I was – I was impressed, man. I mean that. Well, and that they is played. A good team. You saw their A game. In that sure, game. So no they question. came. They came in here with this is a big game, national TV, and they showed out. And that, I mean, like I said, Oral Roberts in 2006 beat us in here. We had beaten Oral Roberts in 2005 to go to the NCAA tournament, and that was a great team. Uh, and they were all back, but one, Luke Spencer Gardner, didn't come back. But the the rest of their team, Tut and Tut, yeah. and uh, Caleb Green, were back, and they came in here with a purpose that year <laughs> after we had shocked them and they went to the NCAA yeah. tournament, and they beat us ninety to fifty in here, and I thought that would never happen again. Well, Wright State could have done that, right? <laughs> yep. and he called the dogs off in that game. They could have they could have done that to us too. So you don't see that very often, but and I don't want to see it ever again. But it, it was impressive. All right, we'll take a next break. When we come back, Coach, I want to get your thoughts because, again, I know that you're a big college football guy in the college football national title game. You know, just just go off basketball for a couple of minutes. It's coming up. So I want to get your get your take on that. And something I was watching West Virginia uh, play Oklahoma State, uh, not last night but the night before. And uh, I have a question about Bob Huggins that I've always wanted to know. So I know you're friends with them. So this is going to be radio for me, Coach, and that's all fine. Right. We're going to take two minutes for it, okay? All I host right. a show all year. I can get two minutes. All right, we'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, first show of 2020. He is Coach Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us, usually at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. But this week and next week, we will pre-record due to travel. Youngstown State coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, right here on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network. We'll be on the air at 6.50. And, Coach, uh, just a couple of general questions here that, that I wanted to hit you with. And first off, I was watching the the West Virginia Oklahoma State game uh, two nights ago, and Bob Huggins, you're very good friends with. We played West Virginia a, a couple of times, and they are a very good basketball team. And they took a little bit of a step back last year, uh, but Bob Huggins able to to circle the wagons, and he's got a very good team rolling nationally ranked, all that stuff. 
his style of play, some people would call that an ugly style of play, but I found myself just entranced watching them, what they were able to do. They don't score particularly a ton of points, but what they do defensively with, with how, I mean, they are just, they're absolute dogs out there on the floor. In today's day and age, how does Bob Huggins get that to translate? How, how does he get that roster to buy into that style of play? Because, again, going back to it, it's not particularly sexy or anything like that. It's not going to land you in the Sports Center top 10. But they defend for 40 minutes at a high, high level. How in this day and age does Bob Huggins get that done? Well, Huggins, you know, his whole career, you go back to, you know, I knew him when he was a graduate assistant at Ohio State, you know, 40 years ago. And, then he got the job at a, a small school in Ohio called Walsh College, which is a cornerstone or uh, Concordia or Rochester College. It would be on that level back then. And he won, went 40 and 0 or something, and got the Akron job, won there, got the Cincinnati job. And, you know, he had some great teams at Cincinnati, went to a Final Four, had a number one team in the country with Kenyon Martin, and he broke his leg. Right, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, which you know kept him probably from winning a national championship, and um, you know, and then over time, it was there too long. You know, staying in one place a long time usually doesn't work. And he went to Kansas State and won there, and then he went to West Virginia. Coming home for him, yeah, because that's where he played. He he was an Ohio high school kid that ended up going to West Virginia and having, you know, a pretty darn good basketball career at West Virginia. His dad was a legendary high school coach in Ohio. And he believes in toughness. He believes um, that you, you know, spare the rod, spoil the kid type thing. And he, he's always coached that way. And he got to West Virginia. How are you going to win at West Virginia? You know, how are you going to win at West Virginia? You got to do something unique. And, you know, it fit right into his personality. He wasn't a press coach. He didn't press back in the day when he was at Walsh. He didn't, you know. And now he goes and, you know, it's kind of a cool thing, press Virginia. Right. You know? And uh, it all starts with a point guard. And, and as he's told me 50 times, you, I, all I want is a kid that will do what I tell him to do and play his butt off for 40 minutes and if I can get two of those kids at that position where we just hound the ball we got a chance to win because I can get other players you know I mean he's had he's had some pretty darn good players at West Virginia and so that's what his philosophy is and it works and and kids to go there buy into it you know I mean they had a kid a couple years ago a point guard that went into the NBA I can't think of his name right now and he the kid came up with a t-shirt for all the players to wear this is what a great leader he was he came up with a t-shirt you know we come up with t-shirts i come up with them and five weeks into it our players forgot what they say you know um and it was the treadmill mentality and uh you know hugs a lot of coaches myself included we use a treadmill as discipline you know as as, as kids have changed in day and age has changed you know, you used to yell and make a kid do push-ups. You make scream and yell at him, make him run the stairs, do all this kind of stuff. And what you found out is they ain't care anymore, you know. So Hugs came up with this idea, and a lot of coaches use it. And that's uh, you put a treadmill right there next to the court. 
then you go make them run on the treadmill for one minute, 40 seconds, but at about a 17. And that isn't fun. No, there's the only, nothing fun it, about that. Right, and so they don't want to do it, you know. And, and you put them on a treadmill, and they're only gone for 45 seconds, and you can get them back in practice. And so it's, it's really a concept that, you know, I think has evolved with the new wave of player. You know, you go tell a player to run the stairs over there and he'll pout and stay there for 30 minutes and kind of half jog. Well, you can't half jog when that thing's going 17. <laughs> you and, have no choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember the Jetsons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so he came up with that. And, you know, Frank Martin uses it. Frank was his assistant. Greg Campy uses it. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that use that treadmill mentality. Well, this kid came up with a shirt, the treadmill mentality. Then that's who we are at Press Virginia. And it's hard. It's hard to get kids to buy in, but he does, and that's why he's a Hall of Fame coach. That's why he's a great one. Yeah, and, and I'm a guy, and, and you and I have had this discussion both on the air. We've had this discussion privately. I, I'm about entertainment, too. Like, I like I like high scoring. I don't Defensive battles, those aren't my styles. You know, that's, that's not fun to watch. But I, I just I couldn't look away from the way they were defending. They went on the road and throttled Oklahoma State. So it was, it was a question that I wanted to ask you uh, to get your take on. Uh, real quickly, Coach, we got a few minutes here for this. Uh, Clemson and LSU in the national title game coming up on Monday night. Who you got? I know you're a big college football guy. Yeah, well, normally I don't uh, normally I don't let emotion play in it, but I really want LSU to win just for my son. Right. You know, my son played football at LSU. We went to the na- the last time they were in the national championship game. I was there because he ran. On, he didn't play, but he got to run on the field and be part of the festivities. It's a lifelong thing that he gets to hold. Uh, they should have won the game. They should have never had to play Alabama. They'd already beaten Alabama, and Alabama came, you know, beat Oklahoma State got beat in there, and that's who they were supposed to play, and they lost in their uh, championship game. And I think Oregon or somebody in the Pac-12 lost too, and this was before we had the Final Four, you know, this when right. they just picked it, and all of a sudden they picked Alabama. And there's no way they were going to beat Alabama twice, so I, I still believe he, got, he should have a national championship ring. We talked about this on the Greg Campy show back yeah, in that day. Yeah, I felt really bad for him. But he's really pumped up and all his buddies, and I think he's actually driving to New Orleans to watch the game. He lives in Nashville now. and uh, His his friend Zach Mettenberg, who was the quarterback for LSU back in the day, uh, he and Zach, I think, are going down to the game. And um, Zach had played for the um, – titans which is uh, in nashville right mm-hmm. so jack still lives there and um so i want him to win i want them to win for for him just so that he can uh, talk a lot of crap he's got a lot of n- nephews or what do they call them cousins and and uh, i guess they're my nephews but he's got a lot of cousins that are big ohio state fans because you know i grew up in ohio and so uh for him to be able to talk smack to the Ohio State fans, I think is, is you know, there's a big text thing going around all the time that I get tired of reading it, but I I, I do <laughs> for some reason I'm on it even though I don't contribute or don't one contribute. Of those, no, <laughs> but I I'm really enjoying what, listening to the smack he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> so so I hope level. LSU wins. I mean Clemson is you got to you got to appreciate what Clemson's done. I mean in this day and age to do what they're doing, ooh, that's unbelievable. It's gonna be some high level quarterback play. In that game, two of the very best in yeah. the game. I thought we were going to talk quarterbacks. Should we take Tula? 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things. I mean, it's I, I also wouldn't mind if you can find your way to swing down. I know the Miami Dolphins are very much in the market for a quarterback. If you can sit there, well, Camp, here's a scenario. If you can uh, swing some kind of deal and have three of the top 39 picks in the draft and $55 million of cap space, it's yeah. not a bad chair to be in, too. You can get six good players right off the rip. Yeah, here's what I'd do. You'd eat some gumbo. Uh, I would I would call San Diego because I keep hearing about Brady going there. They're not far. Stafford's a lot younger, and San Diego knows how to use a quarterback like that. They've got the weapons, and all of a sudden they become a team. I mean, Phillip Rivers has been all you know Hall of Fame quarterback, but I don't think he's got much left. I would get San. I would want the next three years for number one picks from San San Diego, and I would think they would do it because you you give them a quarterback like Stafford, they got a chance. And so you get Tula, and then you get, you know, let's say they won't give you three, but they give you two, or they give you one and two this year, or they, you know, you got a chance then to do exactly what you're saying and build for the future because I'm no, I'm not Bob Quinn. I'm not saying I should be Bob Quinn. I'm not saying that he's good, bad, and different. But your fantasy team's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but my, what? I believe is you got your defense isn't good enough to win, and you got to start over, and you got a chance to get. If you look at the game today, from my standpoint, if you look at the game, you've got young quarterbacks that can run. Are are the way the game's going, and you also add into a guy who they say, and again, I'm not the expert, but I do read everything, and I listen, mm-hmm. and they say Tula throws the best deep ball that a College quarterback drops it in a bucket. Right, that a no. college quarterback's thrown in how long? And look at the, we got some, you know, when I say we, the Lions, we've got tools out there. You've got what many people said was top three receiving core. And so why wouldn't you want a young guy to play with those guys and learn? Why wouldn't you want him and Galladay to come up together? You know, um, you you might get a, a Keenan Allen um Oh, I just said his name. Rivers combination. Look what those guys have done over the last three or four or five years. And, and this, then you can grow and build. And I think the fan base is ready for that. I, I don't think there's any Lion fan that believes that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year or even make the playoffs. They're going to get an easy schedule. So why wouldn't you want your rookie quarterback? That's the year he should be playing when you, you know, you're going to get the last place schedule. And so maybe San Diego wouldn't do it. But San, you get, you know, you get the third pick, and I, what does San Diego's got to have? They didn't make the playoffs, so seven or eight, something, yeah, like they're, 10, they're right around there, between seven and twelve, somewhere yeah. in there. You get three and twelve, and then you get a second round, or you get another first round next year. Um, that's way to me. That's way better than, you know, moving down and who knows. I mean, we got the eighth pick last year, and how'd that go? You know, I mean, you're always, you're always. If you're in the top three and you can get an impact player and, you know, people would argue with me that, oh, is he really an impact player? He's coming off an injury. But I tell you, the Lamar Jackson, nobody thought he, and look at it, he's going to be the MVP, right? And they, they were saying he was not even a quarterback. You're going to have to play him at wide The owner, the owner stepped in and said, I want this guy to be the quarterback. This is the way the game's going. Yes, it is. I mean, it's he, – he, he, Well, not only that, but financially. 
So you have a quarterback now that's pennies on the dollar. That's a $7 million a year guy for the next four to five years. Right. As opposed to a $35 million guy. Well, they're going to have to pay some of that money, though. I I don't think if they trade him, they... Yeah. yeah, But if they traded him this year, it's a far bigger chunk than it would be next year. Far bigger. But it's worth it because they've got... 50 million in cap space or something 55 yeah yeah, some number like that and you can build a defense with that and i'll tell you what if you don't think there are players out there that want to go play with tula i mean there's a lot of players out there right now that want to go play with lamar jackson because we're going to super bowl you know we're we're, 12 all pros on that team now we're going we're going you know in the next five years if he doesn't get hurt we're going to be the best team or one of the best teams in our division so we're going to the playoffs um, the Lions right now, if they started to build right now, you got Green Bay and Minnesota that are at the uh, that are at the top starting to weigh down. And if you're going up in in a couple years when they're, you know, in a bad situation, you might hit the jackpot. And could you imagine the Lions in the Super Bowl? What this community? Would oh be? my gosh! I mean, there, there'd be nothing like it. Just my 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 very good friend, uh, <laughs> the owner of D two Technologies, is a sponsor yeah. for the for the radio broadcast. Dennis, he would he, his life would shut down for three days. His life would absolutely shut down. There, there would never <laughs> be anything like it. You know, it'd be, it'd be like when New Orleans went after Katrina. I mean, it would be just unbelievable for. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I just think that's if I were king for the day. That's what I would do. I would take that kid because I think he's he's the wave of what's happening. The game is changing. The quarterbacks are changing, and he's the wave. Uh, final minute of the show here, Coach. So Youngstown State, Cleveland State, a, a very pivotal road weekend for the team. Well, it's pivotable. pivotable is that a word? <laughs> if, you know, we're talking about winning a championship or staying in the race, Um. It's not if we're talking about, you know, the future and continuing to build and grow and learn. And I want to stay in the race, so it's, it is. But it's not death. I mean, we've got to go. We've still got to understand who we are and what we're dealing with. And our goal, we've said this from day one, this is what our fan base wants. This is what our players want, and that is to go to the NCAA tournament. And that's a tournament in March. And we have to develop and get better and get ready for that. Now, between you and I and the fence post, it's a heck of a lot easier in March if you're playing at home or if you're the first or second seed and you go right to the semifinals. It's not going to be easy if you're 7, 8, 9, 10 and you got to play two road games to get there. So we understand that. And... A bad weekend could put us in a position where it's going to be a struggle to get home games. So we've got to we've got to compete this weekend. All right, Coach. Well, as always, certainly do appreciate your time. And remember, we'll be back at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills in two weeks, not next Wednesday again because of travel, but in two weeks. And, of course, the uh, Metro Series coming up down the road as well. we got some stuff cooking at RJ's Pub that we'll let you know about uh, in the coming weeks. So, for the coach, Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Well, see you later.